0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We'll try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast anywhere you can find your podcast. If you want to watch the video portion, you can find When the Scriptures Become Real on YouTube. And then also you can find it on our Instagram page. Look up when the scriptures become real. And under the the description, you will find my personal page and you will find more of the podcast there. And there we can talk. uh, We can DM. You can give me suggestions of what you want to hear and we can interact. All right. So we're very appreciative that you guys are here and that you found the podcast. All right. So today is a request podcast and uh, the request was uh, the pressures of male leadership, the pressures of male leadership, and as this person was talking, they were talking about kind of how how tough it is and how sometimes today that men just don't seem to be appreciated and so he kind of wanted to you know he kind of wanted me to go through uh some of the things uh how tough it is, especially if you're trying to be godly the pressures that you face every day all right so that's what we're gonna try to do so let's let's kind of introduce it this way. Uh, Leadership from the male today is frowned upon in today's society, if you really think about it. And so what we call uh, manhood and what we call leadership, actually, let's, let's change that. What God calls manhood and what God calls leadership today, society calls it toxic masculinity. And so God, from Scripture, as we'll see today, God has put men in leadership positions. And those that lead today, so many people are looking at them and they're calling them toxic because they're doing what God wants them to do. And so as we think about this, I want you to take a second and just think about, think about some of the shows that are on TV. Think about the shows that are on Netflix. Think about all these shows that we see that have a family dynamic, okay? And so I know you probably have a couple of these shows in mind. Have you ever noticed how the male is depicted in those shows? It's really crazy. When you look back, just go back. So look at all these shows that you watch. And if you notice, the male, right, the father in the household, he's always either an idiot he always has no authority in the home because he's afraid of his wife and he's afraid to say anything to her or to the kids. Then three, he has no respect in his home because the wife runs everything. Then number four, not only is he an idiot, he has no authority and he has no respect, but then he's the butt of every joke. So he's the one always being made fun of by the wife and her girlfriends, by the kids and their friends. So then when Uh, a real man comes right then he's called toxic because he's the one that's uh that's opposite from society's male today so notice this so male leadership what it is guys male leadership is a difficult task in the home and in the church and what god needs today in our homes and in the church god needs more men to be men right? And here's the thing guys. And this is this is something that we've, you know, we went through at camp and you know, I've kind of wanted to talk more about this. Guys, don't be afraid to be guys. Be men. God made you a man, be proud to be that. And so male leadership is a difficult task, but what I want to do today is I want us to appreciate or actually reappreciate what real manhood is and appreciate good men. But I want you guys to appreciate those guys in your lives that make leadership look easy and make manhood look easy when it's not. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to look at some difficulties of, of male leadership. Now, before we continue, I got to give a disclaimer here. So this podcast, if you look at the title, right, The Pressures of Male Leadership, some of the ladies, well, this is about the male, so I'm not going to listen. Or some of the young girls, or some of the young guys. Well, this is for the older guys, so I'm not gonna listen. This podcast is not just for men. This podcast is also for our ladies to learn too, for our young children to learn too. And so, in order for this podcast to be effective, here's a couple things that you gotta do you gotta listen to the whole thing. So, don't listen to kind of bits and pieces, right? You gotta listen to the whole thing, you gotta give it a chance. Then, too, especially if you're a female. Number two, as we go through the pressures of godly male leadership, as a young lady that's listening to this, as you sit here and listen, don't just sit here and think about, well, how come he isn't talking about how hard it is to be a lady? How come he isn't talking about the pressures of of this and and this of a lady? Right? So I understand. And we're going to get to a podcast on that. So I haven't forgotten about you. But don't just sit there and just the whole time in your mind, well, I'm glad you just didn't just talk about this and you left the ladies out. So notice, don't just look at what the other person should be doing, right? Try to try to appreciate what these, what these guys have to go through. So hopefully what this will do, this will give you a newfound respect for God's men that have obviously been lost, obviously been lost. So we're going to look at a couple of pressures, that godly men have to face today so number one the first pressure that a godly man has to face is the pressure of protection the pressure of protection so as as a man god gave us the responsibility to protect physically but also to protect spiritually and so god put the responsibility on men to learn how to provide. So have you noticed that a man no matter what stage in life that he's in, he's always in a position where he's where he's either providing or whether he's learning how to provide. So look at this, look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and again if you're new to the podcast, open up your bibles with us and we're we're going to look at this here. So Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. And I want you to notice this has happened from the beginning. So verse 15 says, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to dress it, but then also to keep it. Now, what did the Lord provide for Adam? He provided Adam a home and home was the garden of Eden. But even though God provided him a home, what did he give Adam to provide for himself? He gave him a job. He gave him responsibility. So a man has always been put in a position, whether he's by himself or whether he's with someone else, that you take the lead to provide. See, now, who was here? Was was Eve there yet? No, just Adam. So God was trying to teach Adam because God, being all-knowing, knew that Eve was coming. So God is trying to get Adam to understand you have to be ready to provide. As a man, that is just your responsibility. And so man has always been in the position where he is learning to provide or he is providing. So think about it. If you got a young man still living with his parents, he's still learning to fully provide for himself. He might not be there yet. He might not, you know, have the ability to do it on his own yet, but he's still learning to do it because eventually he's going to have to learn. But then when he's on his own, he's providing for himself fully now. Then when he's dating, not only is he providing for himself, but he is trying to prove to her that I can provide for myself well, and if you agree to come with me, I can provide for you too, and I can provide for children. Then when he has a family, he's continuing to provide for her as he promised on his marriage day, so now he's providing for her, and he's providing for his children now. So notice Man has always been put in a position where he always has to learn how to provide. But, you know, today, even when men do this, I'm talking about godly men, even when they provide, when they do all these great things for us, you know, sometimes our young ladies, sometimes our, you know, our wives, and sometimes even our male and female children sometimes they don't appreciate how hard a man tries to protect and how hard uh, the work is to protect. And so have you noticed when a man provides, whether he's single, whether he's dating, or whether he's married, you know a man is always getting ready to provide for someone else. He's always ready to give something to someone else. Why do you think a young man that single is working as hard as he's working right now. If he's godly, guess what he's trying to do? He's trying to be ready so that he can provide and be a great husband. If you're dating a guy that's godly, even though you're not married, guess what he's trying to prove to you that I can provide. So when you're married, what do you expect of him to provide? So a man is always in a position. Where he's either proving or he's actually providing for someone else. And so the question becomes then are we grateful for what our guys are doing? Whether that's your father, whether that's someone that you're seeing, someone that you're dating, you know, whoever it is, are you grateful for what they do? See, sometimes here's the attitude that we can have, and myself included, when I was growing up. Sometimes we can have the attitude that we look at what someone is not doing for us rather than the consistent things that they continue to do see that's where um where we start to take people and good men for granted and so i can tell you how many times i've seen you know that i've done it myself but also in other situations where you know from a guy whether it's your father someone you're dating whoever it is you know you you magnify the few things that they're not doing for you but then you forget the 100 things that they consistently do for you, the things that you see and the things that you don't see. So this is why we got so many good men out here underappreciated, because the things that they're not doing are magnified. But the things that they're consistently doing, they're minimized. And so I want you to I want you to do this real quick. So I want you, especially if you're uh, if you're a young lady, This can work for, you know, guys still at home with their fathers, too. But just think about this for a second. Think about a time where you felt like you weren't getting something from someone, whether that's your dad or someone that you're dating or who or even your husband. So think about a time that you felt like you weren't getting something from that guy, whatever it is. So now that you're thinking about it, I want you to think in your mind And just rattle those things off. Maybe he wasn't doing this. Maybe he didn't do that. Maybe he didn't do this. Whatever it is, just rattle those things off. So let's say you had five things that this man consistently was not doing. Right? Let's say it's five. Now go back and think about all the things that they were already doing for you that you took for granted. Most times, those things that you were taking for granted outweighs those five things you constantly wait on him. And so I understand not all men are perfect. There's always things we can improve on. There's always things we can get better at. But at the same time, I understand that there's things I can grow in and there's things that I'm not good at right now. But just because I'm not good at these things right now doesn't mean that I'm still not great at the 50 or 100 things I've been constantly doing. See, the pressure of protection has always been put on us, even from Genesis chapter two. You know, protecting is not an easy work. You know, think about what what Peter mentions. Remember in 1 Peter chapter five, verse eight, he tells us to be sober and be vigilant because the devil seeks around and he seeks about whom he may devour. If you're a father, guess what you're constantly doing? Not only are you trying to protect your own soul, you're trying to protect the soul of your wife but then you're trying to protect the souls of your kids. Protecting is not easy. Protecting is hard. If you're if you're dating, you're trying to protect your soul and you're trying to protect her soul. That's not easy. Protection is on the male. Genesis 2:15, God gave him a job and he said you're to dress it and you're to keep it. But then when your wife comes, right? You are to break from your father and your mother. And you're to cleave and you're to be one your job is to protect her now that's tough sometimes and so think about it. you've got so many things against guys today you've got society calling them toxic then you've got if and especially if society calls them toxic then guess what's going to creep into the church well that's toxic because they're leading the right way then on top of that then you've got satan first peter chapter five verse eight now you've got satan attacking them. Then, on top of that, then you've got wives and young ladies and children that don't appreciate what they do, so think about how much a guy is attacked every single day. It's hard, so the question is, what can you do as a child under a father? What can you do as someone that's dating someone? What can you do as the wife of someone that's trying to be godly? The first, the number one thing you can do. Appreciate that man's effort. Appreciate that man's effort. You know, to protect and to do all this stuff is hard. And so when you appreciate what he does for you, he'll want to do it more because he sees that you appreciate it. You So when you think about it, I don't care how big or how small, you know, something or that someone does for me. I don't care how big or how small it is. I love it. You know, sometimes the kids give me cards. Sometimes the kids at church can give me, you know, something that they made. And, you know, they just I just see the joy in their eyes. And I just appreciate it because they didn't have to do that. But they thought maybe Jordan wants this. And I appreciate that. And so are we grateful for what our godly men are trying to do? Are we grateful for what these godly men in your life are trying to do for you? Think about how, you know, think about a guy and think about how busy they are with work, with school, with their household, if they're a leader at the church, and they've got all this stuff on the outside attacking them. And then if you don't appreciate it, then you're breaking them down too. How do you think that makes that man feel? Now, let's step back for a second. Now, as men, we have to continue to be balanced. So we can't just expect because I'm busy, because I'm doing all this protecting, because I'm doing all this stuff, and because I'm providing, and I just give my wife and my kids gifts, they just need to appreciate me. See, women need more than just your gifts. Children need more than just your gifts. Children and wives need more than just your money and your houses and what you can provide for them. They need your time. They need your effort. They need your attention. So just because you're busy as a male that doesn't give the give you the excuse that well I can't give you time and I can't give you attention. You got to learn as a male to be balanced. That's the hard part as well. So not only are you to protect and do all these things, but you have to continue to be balanced as well. That's difficult. So the first pressure that a male faces, he always is in the position of protecting his family physically but also protecting his family spiritually. And this is even happens before he gets a family. Then number two, the second pressure that a male faces, the pressure of obedience. So look at this, look at Joshua chapter 24. Again, this is a verse that, you know, sometimes is hung up in, in people's houses and stuff. And sometimes I think we take this verse for granted, but in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, a verse that we all love, it says that it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day, this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house. He said, we will serve the Lord. See, this is much easier said than done. Because leadership for the male starts at home. So this verse, you know, to quote the podcast. This verse becomes real, you know, when what if family doesn't serve the Lord? Now, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What if I'm pressured to do this or that? Now, what am I going to do? You see, obedience starts with that man. Whether he's single, whether he's dating or whether he's married, that man already has to have made up in his mind if he's godly that you can do what you want to do. You can serve God if you want. You can try to serve God halfway, which there's no such thing as, but that's what some people think. You can serve God halfway or the way that you want. You can do what you want to do. But for me and my house, whether I have a house or I'm going to work towards a house, we're going to serve God. That's what we're going to do. See, obedience, that's what the Lord cares about. The Lord cares about our obedience. And so a man by his faith, if he's godly, a man by his faith should teach whoever he's attached to what true obedience looks like. So here's a couple examples, y'all. This is good. So look at at Joseph. He's the first one. So not Joseph as an exit of Joseph, but but the father of Jesus, Joseph. Look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse nineteen now remember you have this you have this issue, and you have this problem now, Mary is found with child before Joseph and Mary did any sexual act, so now, based off culture, and even today that's looked down upon, but Mary then could have been stoned, and so Joseph, being concerned about her, noticed what he did as a man. verse nineteen then Joseph, her husband. Being a just man and willing and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And so, notice what Joseph did. Joseph was obedient in what he was doing. And notice did Joseph care about himself in the situation? Who did Joseph care about? I care about you, I care about your honor. I care about your reputation. So because I care about those things, what's the obedient action? Then after he thought on these things, right? And after the angel spoke to him, notice verse 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and he took unto him his wife. So Joseph was afraid. But because he obeyed God in a tough situation, Joseph got up and notice the small word, in the verse 24 says, and Joseph did as the angel had bidden him. So Joseph was obedient even when things got hard. Then look at this. Look at Job chapter two. Here's another good example. Now, this is a great one too. Now, obviously we know what Job lost, right? He lost everything. But if you, if you notice, notice what happens here in a tough situation. So look at verses 9 and 10 of Job chapter 2. Then said his wife unto him, do you still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. So obviously we got to be sensitive here because those children were her children too. So she's grieving as well as Job is grieving. But notice in her, in her grief, she says to curse God and die. But watch Joseph's or Job's leadership, Job's faith, Job's obedience. Watch how he rebukes his wife. But then he said unto her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? But shall we not also receive evil? In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. So, job was still obedient to God, even when even in her even in his wife's uh pain and grief, he was still obedient, and he still said, "I know you're hurting right now, but God is still God, and he's still reverent that That was tough. He rebuked his wife then number three, here's a good situation. Look at the book of Ruth. This is great. We looked at this at camp with a couple buddies of mine, and this was so great. In, in Ruth chapter three. So now remember you have Ruth and Boaz. They meet, they start to like each other. They're courting each other. It's all good. But then now there's a problem. There's an issue. So now you got two single people, but there's an issue here. So watch what the issue is. Look verse, verse number 11. And now my daughter of chapter three. Now my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requires. For all the city of my people knows that thou art a virtuous woman but it is true that i am not near kinsman but how be it there's a kinsman that's nearer or closer than i so imagine boaz in this situation he's single he finds a girl that he finally likes that finally likes him back they're going together everything's great but then he realizes there's somebody there's somebody closer to you that you have to marry now that was the rule here in jewish law that the nearest kinsman had right to the widow. So now Boaz understands, I am nearest kinsman, but there's somebody ahead of me. So by law, Boaz says you have to be with him if he wants you. Imagine how hard that was for Boaz. He's waited so long for this virtuous woman, and then he finds out, yes, I'm nearest kinsman, but then he sees someone else has to have her. That's a hard situation to be in, isn't it? But watch, watch what he says. Because he has faith, because he was obedient, notice what Boaz said. Verse 13, tarry this night, and this is how it will be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of kinsmen well. you know how hard that is? For a single young man to love that girl with everything that he's got. And he said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to get up tomorrow and we're going to follow the law. He said, well, get up. We're going to go to the nearest kinsman that has right to you. And if he wants to marry you, well, that's how it's going to be. How hard would it have been for Boaz to do that? That's tough. He, He was literally prepared to give up the girl that he loved because he loved God more. Ladies, if you don't respect that type of guy i don't I don't even know <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy that he loved God enough that he's ready to give you up to make sure that he loves God. That's ridiculous. That's hard. But notice what he says. He says he will perform thee the part of the kinsman. fine. but then let him do the kinsman part, but watch what he says, but if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee then I will do it and as the Lord lives you can lie here till the morning so he says look if he says he wants you he can have you but if he doesn't want you then then we can be together and so notice the faith and obedience of Joseph of Job and Boaz so did you notice something about those situations guys for Joseph For Job and for Boaz, you see why we call it the pressure of obedience? Because all three of those men were in situations where even if other people disagreed, they still said, I'm going to follow God. Job's wife at the time said, curse God and die. Just because Job rebuked his wife doesn't mean he didn't love her. Job says, look, you got to stop talking this way. He said, because God did this. He said, so are we going to take good from God and not take evil? He said, we're still going to trust him, even though you're hurting right now. Boaz, he said, I love you, but because I love you, I'm going to follow the law, not just because I want you. Joseph, I love you, Mary, because I love you. I'm going to put you away publicly and try to find out what God wants me to do. If God would have told Joseph to go away from Mary, Joseph would have did it. Why? Because he's faithful, because he's a man. If Boaz wouldn't have been the nearest kinsman and God wanted Ruth to be with that first one, he would have did it because he's a man. You see, this is what men do. Men follow God, even if wife, even if women, even if the person you're dating, even if members, even if whoever disagrees with them, doesn't matter who disagrees with them, they will follow God because they're men. You see why we call that the pressure of obedience? That's why it's hard to be a man because you have to stand by yourself when people that you care about sometimes don't want you to do it. That's hard. And these men showed us that it's possible. So the question becomes how can you help a man that's under the pressure of obedience if he's trying to be godly? Number 1. The first thing you can do is you as a woman, as a wife and as a child, in order to help him, you got to be obedient first. Because this is what's going to happen. If if a man is in a situation like Joseph, like Job and like Boaz. And then he comes home and explains that situation to his wife. And you're not obedient. Guess what that feels to him. He's already under pressure. But when he comes home, it feels like he's fighting Satan and he's fighting you. That's tough. But notice the ladies in this situation. Mary supported Joseph, Ruth and Naomi supported Boaz. And then as we see at the end of the book, Job had double that he had before. So even though Job rebuked his wife, just based off implication, because he rebuked her, is it possible that Job's wife stuck with him and had more children at the end? Why did all that happen? Because these men were men and they weren't afraid to be men. You got to be obedient first as ladies and children. That's how you help him. Then number 2 what you can do as as uh as Ruth and Naomi did with Boaz, you let him lead. Let him lead. See, this problem's not yours. So many ladies You know, In their homes and in the church, they take responsibilities for men that aren't theirs. So number one, that's out of order. But then two, you're putting pressure on you that's not yours. Let him lead. Well, he ain't doing nothing, so I'm just going to do it. Okay. If you want to do that, you can do that. But you're not listening to God, so you're out of order. You're out of order. You have to let men lead. So then what's the third way? That you can help a man with the pressure of obedience. When a man like Joseph, Job, and Boaz and a man that you're with, whether you're married to him or dating him, no matter what it is, don't make everything about you and what you want. But what you can do in a tough situation, instead of thinking about how it affects you, encourage this man to do what God wants him to do. That woman's beautiful. That wife is beautiful. Those kids are beautiful. I can't tell y'all how many stories I've seen of men in positions just like Joseph, just like Job, and just like Boaz. And whoever they're dating, their wives, whoever it is, they say these things to them. Instead of encouraging this man to do what God wants him to do, they say things like this. Well, don't make this decision, even though God wants it. Don't make it because it's going to affect what I'm doing. Or number two, they'll say something like, well, if you do this, if you do what God really wants you to do, or if you don't change your mind, then I'm leaving. I'm going to be with another Christian. I'm going to be with another. All right. Then number three, well, if you really love me, you wouldn't do this. Or here's a big one. Number four. Well, I want you to follow God but I want you to adjust your values just a little bit. I want you to to make an exception for me. So imagine the added pressure that this puts on a godly man. If he's trying to follow God, as hard as the situation might be, he's doing it because he loves you, not because he doesn't. But so many times, these women and these wives and sometimes kids, we make it all about us and how it affects us. You see why the pressure of obedience is hard? I want you to look at this. Look at look at look right back at, at Ruth chapter 3, and I want you to look at verse 18. Now, remember, this is how difficult the situation was. Boaz said, look, if this nearest kinsman wants you, by law, he has to have you. I'm putting myself out the picture. So this is a tough situation. So in most situations today, young ladies, if you were in the situation of Ruth, And you really love Boaz, but you're trying to follow the law and you understand that this guy before Boaz has right to you and not not the man that you really love. How would that go down today? Even if you talk to older counsel. Girl, you love Boaz, just be with Boaz, forget the law. You're only falling in love once, right? You know what? You know what? Boaz is willing to give you up that quick. Boaz is not willing to fight for you. Boaz is not willing to do anything in the world to get you. Man, you need to forget Boaz. You see, that's what our women would tell our young women to do today. But instead, notice what Naomi told Ruth to do, verse 18. And she said, sit still, my daughter, until thou knows how this matter will fall for the man what did he call what did what did she call Boaz? She called him the man. For the man will not be at rest until he finishes this thing today. You know, young ladies. And again, this is your choice. You can do what you want to do. But I I can only tell you what the Bible says. These pressures that we're talking about today, they were never meant to be on you. But because you want to be all this and you want to prove to people that you can be all this, you're adding more pressure onto you. Isn't it nice to think about this? Think about if you're on if you're on like a vacation or, or if you're if you're doing something, isn't it nice just to go? And kind of have everything just taken care of and you don't have to worry about anything. And all you got to do is just do what you're scheduled to do on the vacation. That's nice, isn't it? You know, when a man is a man, he's supposed to give you that type of refreshment. I know Jordan's going to take care of it. I know the situation's hard. Jordan's going to take care of it. But instead, so many times we get mad. Well, Jordan's not taking care of it in the time that I want him to take care of it. So I'm out. Well, I'm going to just find someone else who's willing to take care of it quicker than Jordan. You see how you see how you're adding pressure on yourself? What What did Naomi tell Ruth to do in a tough situation? Sit still. For the man will not be at rest until he does it. So then look at chapter four, verse one. Then Boaz went to the gate. Boaz took care of it. He was a man. And so do you see why we call the pressure of obedience hard? Obedience is a pressure. And these guys were put in impossible situations, and a man will not let anyone get in the way of him following God. He will not let anybody get in his way. And Boaz, even though he loved Ruth with all of his heart, he said, I will, I'm going to do what's best for you because I love you. He was willing to give her up. That's a man. So women, children, if you want to support a man, this is how you support him. You tell him, no matter what happens, you do what God wants you to do. Whether whether you as a woman, as a wife, or as a child, like the decision or not. You tell him, because I love God and because I want you to love him, you do what he wants you to do. That's what I want you to do. You do what God wants you to do. Then number two, encourage his obedience to God and not his obedience to what you want. Encourage his obedience to God. Now, real quick, if you let a man be a man, Ladies, this is what a man will do for you. Look at look at chapter 4 of of Ruth verse 15. Ladies, if you let a man in tough situations be obedient to God and not focus so much on what you're not getting, this is what you this is what he can provide for you. And he, talking about Boaz verse 15 in chapter 4, and he will be unto you the woman that let him be the man, he will be a restorer of your life. He will nourish you until of your old age for your daughter-in-law, and he will love you, which is better than seven sons, which was born unto him. So, you know, young ladies, if you let a man just be a man and be a godly man, And follow God, even if you don't agree with a decision. You know, that man will nourish you. You know, and when you think about nourishment, that's not a one-time deal. When you nourish something, that's lifetime. That man will nourish you for life if he follows God. And y'all don't want that? Y'all want this pressure on you? Okay. Okay, you can have it. It's not yours, but if you want it, you can be out of order and you can suffer. So not only will he restore your life, he'll be a nourisher of your life, and he says he will love you. Women, you, you, you can act as hard as you want. You can act like you don't need anything. You can act like you don't need nothing. You can act like you got it all figured out. You can, you can put this facade on in front of anybody, but I know And you know, all you want is to be loved. And the reason why you're hard is because you weren't. That's why you're hard. Because you feel like whether it was someone in your household, whether it was boyfriends, whether it was whoever it was, you're hard the way you are right now because you weren't loved the way you were supposed to be loved. But if you let a man, a godly man, do what he's supposed to do, he'll restore your life. He'll nourish you until you're old, which is a beautiful image. And he'll love you. You know, you want to be loved. You know that children, whether male or female, you know, you want to be loved, but you got to let the man be the man and let him do what he's supposed to do. What God told him to. And so notice here's the warning. If you don't support a godly man, to do what he's supposed to do but you want him to do what you want number one you'll get married oh yeah for sure you'll still get married and you know what you might even marry a christian but let me tell you this if you take away that godly man and you marry someone or you marry another christian he won't restore you he won't nourish you and he won't love you like that godly man who willing to be give, who, who will give up anything for you, Joshua 24, 15. What you will do, you'll have a Christian man, you know, uh, quotations up. You have a man that might be funny, that might adjust his values and cater to what you want him to believe and do. His family loves you. Your family loves him. But that man, he can't be God's man. Because he's focused on pleasing you rather than God. And anything you want, he'll adjust to you. And guess what? If he adjusts to you, then guess who's in control? You are. That man can't be God's man, even if he is a Christian. But instead, number two, what you'll find out, instead of getting a leader, what you'll realize, I don't care what the dude looks like, you'll realize you're just going to be raising another boy in a man's body. Because he's not obedient to God, he's just going to adjust his values, adjust what he believes all willy nilly to what you want. You're going to realize that you're going to marry a boy in a man's body. And then, number three, ultimately, You're going to live in regret that you didn't marry a man that was obedient to God no matter what. But you want this so you can have it. You can have it. But this is why, and I'm so passionate about this, guys, because I'm tired of seeing our young ladies, number one, trying to act hard when y'all don't have to be. And then two, I'm tired of seeing our young ladies marry these guys, even if they are quotation Christians, but they're not obedient to God as single guys. And so then now they're, they're married, and now they're raising, you know, a, a boy in a man's body, and they crave leadership. This is why we got to listen, and this is why you got to appreciate a godly man when you see one. So the pressure of protection, then he has to go through the pressures of obedience. Then number three, this is a big one. A man has to face the pressures of this world. So, today, you know, a man is always expected, no matter what this man's going through, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, no matter what it is, a man is expected, well, yeah, just push through. Just get over it. Just be strong. It's all good. You see what this world does, especially if a man is godly, this world every day tears his guy down. You know, ladies that have husbands, the world tears your husband down every day when he leaves the house. If you're dating a guy, man tears his man down. The world tears that young man down every day. This man bears the burden of work, leadership, obedience, protection. He's got to face the wiles of the devil telling him not to be a man. See, whether you're a child, whether you're his wife, or whether you're dating this guy that's trying to be godly, here's the question that I have for you. Can you be that man's peace? Can you be that man's peace? Notice, notice the question that I asked. I didn't say, can your family be that man's peace? I didn't ask that. Because what it what it what it um what did God say in Genesis? He said, you leave and cleave, and you and the wife become one. I didn't didn't say, can your family provide that man peace? I said, can you do it? Can you provide that man peace? Look at this example. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. and, And as we look at this, I want you to notice what happens here. So think about Paul for a second, guys. So Paul... Paul had already been on missionary journeys up to this point. And so, uh, you know, when you think about Paul's journeys, Paul went through so many things. I mean, he was stoned, shipwrecked, beaten. I mean, so imagine, imagine if you're Timothy, if you're Silas, if you're whoever goes with Barnabas, whoever it is, that when you when you get on that boat to go on this missionary journey with Paul, it, it was pretty much a 1,000% guarantee that you would have some bruises on the way back. If you weren't killed, you probably had some bruises for doing what God wanted you to do. So now they leave Troas and they go here and notice where they are. They're at Philippi here in, in Acts chapter 16. Now notice what happens here. These guys are getting beaten they're getting ridiculed, they're getting stoned, they're getting killed by the world every day for being godly. Now watch what happens. Acts 16, verse 14. And there was a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Tyra Tyre, which worshipped God, and she heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. And so Notice, and when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come unto my house and abide there. And she constrained us. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Think about the rest that this would have given Paul, Timothy, and Silas. We just got beaten, we just got stoned. People laugh at us. People say we're not doing anything right. People say there's, there's more than one God. People are saying all this stuff about us. We come here. We talk to Lydia, baptize her and her family, and what does she do to them? She says, come into my house and abide with me. You know what Lydia was to those men that were getting ridiculed every single day? Lydia was their peace. You see, that's what a man needs from you. Children, wives, dating godly guys, they don't need you to fight against them. They don't need you to make ultimatums in order for you to be in their lives. They don't need you to do all this stuff. What they need from you is they need you to be their peace. So think about it for a second. If you're a, if you're a wife is this the type is your home the type of home that Paul would want to come into and get some rest if you're single is this the type of home that Paul would want you to go into to get some rest You see so here's what we're saying and we're not saying again as I said in the disclaimer. We're not saying that women don't face pressure. We're not saying that there's not difficulties to be women. And we're not saying that we should acknowledge that because we will. But for the for the sake of today's podcast, I wanted everyone to learn to re-respect the stuff that men do. And men, let me tell you something. If people around you don't respect what you do, they're not going to respect you when you get married. So this is why you need someone that respects the things that you do. They respect your obedience to God, no matter what they respect that you protect them. They respect the pressures that you face. Male leadership is, is difficult. It's hard. And young ladies and wives I know what happens today, and I and I, and I know the world tells you that you need to be this, and you need to be hard, you need to be this, you need to just forget about it and just get money and just protect yourself. And, and you know, you get your own crib and you do all this and you just forget men and do all that. I know the world pressures you to believe that. And I understand that maybe in your past, you haven't been loved the way that you need to by by someone in the house, by other guys, whoever it is. But I will say this, if you learn to be like Lydia, to be like Ruth, to be like Naomi, to be like Mary, to be like all these women that we talked about today for these guys in male leadership, these guys that still face these pressures every day because you encourage them to do what God wants you to do, what God wants him to do, this man will give up his life for you because he sees that you support him. You see why this is called the pressures of male leadership? It's hard. It's hard. And quite frankly, guys, you don't need women in your life that don't respect you. You don't need women in your life that that don't respect your effort or di- or diminish your effort. You don't need women in your life that don't understand that you need to obey God and not what they want. You don't need that because they'll only tear you down and you won't be the man that you need to be. Be a man, guys. Be a man. Not because that's that's what Western tradition says. That's what God says. And I don't know about y'all, but as Joshua said, you young men and you ladies, y'all can do what you want to do. But whether I'm by myself, whether I'm dating somebody, Whether I'm married, no matter what situation I find myself in, I will try my best. That no matter what you do, as for me, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be men here. We're going to be men here. That's what we do. Guys, we got to learn to be men again. Because not only does God need it, not only does the church need it, but our women need it. It's time. I hope this was able to help. I hope uh, I was able to answer the requests from what was, what was said. Uh, And I hope that everyone could, could have a newfound respect um, for what godly men are trying to do. So next week, Lord willing, we will be back on Monday with another podcast. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys so much. If you guys have any uh, requests or anything, DM me on Instagram, uh, you can find out when the scriptures become real or just look up my name Jordan Anthony Pew and you'll find me there appreciate it guys